Welcome to Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Carrie Chavez. Carrie graduated with her degree in recreation therapy from Western Washington University and has worked with seniors for 13 years. She loves working in this industry because she gets to meet so many interesting people and learn about their amazing stories. Today, um, Carrie and I are going to talk about memory loss, memory care, memory communities, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thanks, Mary. It's nice to be here. Oh, I'm glad you're here because you're definitely an expert in this field. You work at Bainbridge Senior Living and you folks do a wonderful job taking care of your residents um, with memory loss or without memory loss. So I'm going to jump right into the first question and ask, what is memory loss? Give us a definition for that, please. Well, to simply put it, it's the inability to remember information. Um, and there can be many causes for that. Um, it could be fatigue, lack of sleep, medication side effects, or more commonly, what I see is um, related to Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay. And why is it important to, um, well, actually, let me ask this question first. What's the difference between dementia, Alzheimer's, and other types of memory loss? Because you were yeah. saying sometimes it could be caused by medication or et cetera. So um, maybe we should break it down a little. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, so dementia is really a general term used for the decline in the mental ability. And it's severe enough to interfere with someone's daily life. And Alzheimer's is a specific disease. And Alzheimer's is the most common cause of dementia. I think it's something like 60 to 80% of dementia is um, related to Alzheimer's. Okay. And then there's Lewy bodies and Parkinson's a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a they all right. all into this. Okay. So why is it important that we talk about memory loss? I think it's important that we talk about memory loss because it's becoming so common. Um, there was a report put out by the Alzheimer's Association. I think it's something like 10% of adults uh, over the age of 65 have Alzheimer's. And it's estimated that that's just going to keep increasing. I think it's by like 2028, they think it'll be increased by 14% more across uh, the United States. And that's the, that's just the U S the, that disease is yeah. not just and, confined to the United States boundaries. It is worldwide. Those are just statistics for the U S for the U S. Yeah. It's a pretty staggering number. 
And, and those stats that you just gave us are statistics for Alzheimer's. And that's just right. one type of dementia. It happens to be one that is, seems more, um, I don't want to use the word popular because it's definitely not popular, but it's more widespread um, and more common that you hear people have Alzheimer's versus other types of dementia, but still that's just one type of dementia. So the numbers are even bigger um, when you break it down for memory loss. So um, how does somebody recognize or diagnose if they or a loved one has dementia? Yeah, the diagnosis can be challenging. Not to my knowledge, I, I don't believe there's one set test that can diagnose something. Um, and this is going to be something that's you know diagnosed by your doctor. Um, and they're probably going to do a variety of tests. Um, they're going to do they're going to do cognitive testing, and maybe they're going to ask questions about. Um, your thinking skills, orientation, reasoning and judgment, um, different things like that. They're probably also going to do a neurological evaluation with an MRI or a CT scan. Um, and they'll probably do some lab tests and you know talk to you about what symptoms you're having and use all of that information in your health history to come up with a diagnosis. And then things to look for, um, most commonly, you're going to notice your, you know, your family's probably going to notice um, that you're really having trouble remembering things. Um, and, and it could be, it could be um, like, I forgot where I placed my keys. That's very minor to your driving and you forget where you're going. Um, something like that. And you're probably going to have difficulty maybe finding the right words to use, um, become easily confused, um, trouble problem solving. Um, and you might even lose, you know, what we call your filter in your personality. There could be a shift in your personality as well. Um, and the confusion will just continue to get worse and um, to the point where, you know, you might not even recognize loved ones, family members, faces anymore. And that's heartbreaking um, for those living with dementia and caretaking as well. So in the beginning, the signs that somebody would notice are, um, you know, what, what you just said was more to, as what, as it progresses, but in the beginning, it could be that they're repeating themselves, asking the same question over, um, mm -hmm. they're being forgetful, um, whether it's where are their keys or, um, they lost their, they couldn't find their way home. Um, so those are signs to look for and, um, to then go see a doctor and, and, and get some, um, diagnosis and, and treatment. Absolutely. And again, like you said, it could be maybe a medication that they're taking that's causing this. So people shouldn't jump to conclusions, right? right. Away, but they should look into it and not ignore it. Correct? Correct. Okay. So how, if somebody um, is afflicted with this disease, um, 
how do you care for that person? You know, whether yeah. home, <clears throat> a, a community, et cetera, there are different options. So can we walk through all of those, please? Yeah. So there's, there's a variety of options and it's really you know, what works best for your family and your loved one. Um, there's plenty of people that still live at home and they have a family helping to caretake for them. Um, and then there's also the option of hiring in-home caregivers um, so there's a lot of different agencies out there that have caregivers that will come to your home and maybe you use it as a supplement. Maybe family can be there five days a week, but they're not able to be there on the weekend. So you can have in-home care caregivers come over the weekend or or they could be there. Um, I've met people who have in-home caregivers 24-7. Um, and then there's other options like adult family homes and memory care communities as well, who are specialized um, in caring for those with memory loss. So um, I think it would be beneficial if you um, tell our audience what an adult family home is versus a memory care community. Yeah, an adult family home is going to be in somebody, it's a home, somebody's home. So there might be four residents that live in that home um, as opposed to a memory care which is going to be typically something much larger and it might be attached to an assisted living or something like that maybe there's going to be 30 residents there okay. and then an adult family home um, the setting is usually a house but it's it a house Right. And it's um, up to six residents they can have. And they do have caregivers on staff there. It's not that um, folks that are need assistance are moving in with a family. Normally, right. it's just a smaller, more homey environment versus going into a memory care community that has more than six residents and um, and and more staff, more caregivers, activity directors, a chef, et cetera. This is on a Correct. smaller scale. Um, so I just want to make sure our audience understands that. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. So how, now that we're talking about, you know, adult family homes, memory care communities, and assisted livings, how would you recommend finding an appropriate memory care community for a loved one that has dementia, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, um, I, I think that that journey and that decision can be pretty overwhelming to find the right fit. Um, and it's a big decision and it's a tough decision. Um, so I think that I would recommend families really, you know, make a list of what does your loved one need? What's their care needs? Um, and who are they as a person? And then when you, you know, schedule that visit, go see some memory cares. And when you go there, you know, think back to what are the care needs of my loved one? And will this community fit? Um, and I would also encourage you to, when you're on tours, to talk to various employees um, talk to the administrator or the executive director 
or the nursing staff, caregivers, um, and then observe observe the residents, observe what's going on. Are, are people happy? Are, are family members, you know, happy? Are people engaged? What are the activities that are going on? Um, I, I would look at all those things and, and figure out, you know, will this work? And then you know your options and go on a lot of different tours. Yeah. And I would suggest also when you go on tours, do them at different times, you know, go on a tour yeah. so that it's with um, the morning breakfast time and schedule it so that you can um, have a meal there, taste the food, smell the food, um, see who comes down for breakfast, um, you know, and do it at the three different meal times, breakfast, lunch, dinner, mm -hmm. um, and just get a feel for it. And um, I know where you work over for Bainbridge Senior Living, um, you have an amazing chef. So <laughs> um, I did take my father to Madison Ave House um, for breakfast and for lunch because he was considering moving to Bainbridge Island and was looking at your community. And breakfast is his favorite meal of the day. And one of the things that um, I would also recommend is it's not just observing the residents, but it's observing the staff too. How what is their interaction like with the residents? Are are they disgruntled or are they happy? And they really are mm -hmm. caring for them like it's a family member. And um, some other things I think that would be important too on that list that you're putting together would be not just what their needs are, but what are their wants? You know, if it would be, if the most important thing is that they want a view, you know, whether it's a territorial view of beautiful trees and flowers or some mountains or sky, you know, maybe that makes all the difference in the world or what community, um, what kind of activities do they have? You know, my mom um, loved music, you know, so is there some, is music involved somehow? So I think you got to think of all of those things also, right? The social aspect of it and oh, uh, the meal. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So, okay. So I mentioned that you um, work at Bainbridge Senior Living and um, that's on Bainbridge Island and you have four mm -hmm. communities and one of them is Madrona House. And um, at that particular community, it's assisted living and memory care there also. So can you talk to us a little bit about how the staff at Madrona House cares for residents with dementia? Because you seem to be um, doing something a little different than other memory care communities. There are certain um, processes and things that everybody does but you guys have created what seems like a, a a twist to it to just make your caregiving even better. Thank you. That's nice to hear. Um, our staff really tries to take an individualized approach to care. And, and not only that, but immersing themselves in our residents' reality and trying to meet them where they are at at that point in the day. Um, it's really, really important for us to get to know who our residents were and who they are now. And a part of that process is before somebody moves in, we ask, we have this re really extensive 
biography that we ask families to fill out. Mm -hmm. um, and then our staff looks at it and reads it. Um, and that gives, gives us an instant connection to the, the person moving in. And it gives us something to talk about um, just to try and ease, you know, it's really hard to be moving in, especially when you're confused. And so that kind of helps ease some anxieties and then helps our staff get to know them and how to best care for them. Because the better we know them, the better we can care for them. Um, and I have a, a great example of, of this. So we had a gentleman who was not wanting to come eat dinner. And, you know, stop and think about, you know, where is he at right now? Who and who is he? And he was a wildly successful businessman, had a very large company. And his reality was that he was still this businessman. And so I decided to try something and to see if it worked. Um, and so I became his secretary and I said, you know what, sir, it's time for your dinner meeting. You have guests here and you need to come to your, your dinner meeting. And he completely changed his demeanor and he came to dinner and I sat him at the head of the table and I had a stack of papers for him to sign and uh, he signed and ate and I sat next to him as his secretary and he came to dinner. And wow. so, you know, that was this great moment of knowing who he was and where he was at and then using that to care for him. So I think that's the kind of thing, um, you know, that we strive to do and, and that it's, it's really important and, and it's special when, you know, you can do that. Well, you're smiling ear to ear and that must've been such a gratifying day for you, you know, and it, it was emotional too. Absolutely. And, and then it was just so cool that, you know, that's how we could approach it. And, and that he came and he came to dinner every night and he sat at the head of the table and it was just so cool, you know, to see that success. And, and that information, that story that you're sharing with us, audience that please listen, this doesn't just have to take place at Madrona house, take right. advice into your own home if your loved one is in your home and you're caring for them you know who they were but this is where they are now meet them mm -hmm. denial is very difficult um I, I know we went through that my dad just had a hard time you know with the accepting what mom was going through and if you can accept it and um and meet them it can make the journey better. Um, Absolutely. At Madrona House, there's other things you do. I hear something about black toilet seats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, again, we really try to tailor things to the individual. So 
you know, some of the other things that we do. Um, so yes, the black toilet seats. So for some individuals, you know, you have a caregiver and you're trying to help somebody back up and sit down on the toilet. Um, there can be a lot of anxiety around that because the white toilet seat can blend in to the background and they kind of lose that visual cue that there's something there. And so we have black toilet seats, um, you know, if, if that's a difficulty for someone and that's a visual cue that there is something there and it's just a measure to try and help ease someone's anxiety, you know, as simple as going to the bathroom. Um, and, you know, the same goes for, for food and meals. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people, you know, come up to the dinner table and there's just so much food in front of them that it's overwhelming. And, you know, they might not re quite remember what to use the fork for when they're pulling apart the sandwich and they don't end up eating. Um, so, you know, if that's an issue, I would suggest since what we do is serving smaller portions, cut up portions, finger foods. Um, if, if, you know, if that works for somebody and that oftentimes works, works really, really well for people, um, with, with dementia. And, uh, we had a gal who she just couldn't sit down to eat. She's just on the go. So we just started having cut up pieces of food and a caregiver walks down the hall with her up and down the hall and she can grab food off the plate and we can hold it for her and she can eat and walk. Um, so it's things like that. You just got to be really creative um, and figure out what works for the individual because everyone's different. Well, I love the extra measures that your staff takes to really enrich the lives of the residents with dementia um, that you care for. Um, you. Do you have any tips or advice you would want to give to people um, when you're speaking with them that are taking a tour um, of a memory care community, any type of tips you want to share for them? Yeah. So I always like to ask, you know, have you been into a memory care community before? Um, you know, they're going to say yes or no. And, you know, if it's no or, or yes, I, I like, to let people know that um, we have a lot of different people living with us on their memory loss journey, and that's okay. And that we meet them where they are at um, because it can be shocking to walk into a, a memory care neighborhood if you have never been in one. And I just wanna reassure people that, you know, Again, we have we have people in many stages of their journey from the early stages to the very, very end. And um, and that it's an honor and a privilege to take care of people all along the way. Well, you do it well. Um, we're going to wrap up in a moment. So is there anything else you want to share with our audience to help them navigate this difficult journey? Um, I think it's just important to remember that 
you're not alone. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, it's, it's a very difficult journey to be on. And um, there's a lot of support groups out there and resources available. Um, and a lot of different communities also have a lot of good resources. So, you know, you can reach out, you know, even if you don't intend on moving your loved one into a memory care, you can reach out to your local memory care, you know, in your communities and ask questions. Um, and they might be able to help get you hooked up to, to different um, support groups and things like that. I think it's important to be, you know, surrounded by people in a similar situation. Um, That's good advice. Well, we're going to have to say goodbye. Um, so thank you, Carrie, for speaking with me today so that our listeners that have a loved one with memory loss are much better equipped on how to navigate this difficult journey. And, you know, as we said, what you shared with us today can be adapted and, and implemented in the different caregiving situations, whether it's um, somebody's being cared for at home by a family member whether it's a combination of a family member and in-home care coming, whether it's somebody living in a memory care community, all of this applies across the board. And um, I think one thing we, we should point out is that if somebody is caring for a loved one, you know, at home, as you said, ask for help because the caregiver needs to take care of themselves. They need to keep their health well, Otherwise, they can't care for the loved one. Um, so Absolutely. make sure you give yourself some grace, give yourself some respite, ask for help, get some, you know, it's okay to take every Wednesday off, for instance, and make it your self-care day and have somebody else help that day. It In the long run, it'll, it'll be worth um, a million. Um, so, and And just to your point there, and we actually offer, and many other communities do as well, and people don't realize it, is we offer respite care. We have furnished apartments and your loved one can come in on a temporary basis and then you can get the reprieve that you need and then they can go back home when you're you know, recharged. So that's a really nice service that a lot of people don't know about that's out there. So make sure you ask those questions when you're going on a tour. Until next week. See you next week. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Carrie, and have a great day. Thank you. Bye.